This week on Kettle of Fish, actor Sean Whalen stops by to talk about flying cows and airplane friends. Welcome to our after show. We call Kettle of Fish the No Politics Laughter Show. It's time for Kettle of Fish. No debates, hate, or arguments allowed on Kettle of Fish. It's like a Willy Wonka psychedelic acid trip. So hooray for Kettle of Fish. Alrighty, welcome to Kettle of Fish, the show after the show, the talk after the talk, the 30-minute comedy money shot after the one hour of political foreplay. Um, Fern had to cut out of here early today, but we do have Dee, as always, with us lurking in the shadows. Yeah, we need little, like, we need little puppets or marionettes or something to dance along with that little jingle. Like, I just see it in my head, maybe little fish marionettes. Yeah, I was going to say, they're already dancing in my head. Isn't that enough? I know, right? Yeah. They were dancing in mine as well, so. Yeah, see? There well, then our work here is done. Good night, guys. <laughs> Good night, everybody. All righty. You hear the voice of Sean Whalen there. Real quick, though, before we get to you, Sean, D, tell us what's coming up on Kettle of Fish the next couple of weeks. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, just Kettle of Fish. Uh, well, next week we have Lisa Best. Um, it's super funny, super funny. And then uh, we've got Jasper Cole coming back. And from Whammy, we've got Todd Newton. But the big stuff is next week on The Funny Thing About Politics, we're going to talk to Margot Kidder. And that's pretty cool. Now I'm going to probably have to wear adult diapers so that I don't you piss are. myself all through the whole thing and, and sound then, like an idiot fanboy. Yeah, and then just a few weeks later, we're going to talk to Fiona Duraf, who is currently – um, on Dirk Gently, Holistic Detective Agency, and I'm totally going to nerd out on that one because I love her character. We're nerds. All righty, let's get to Sean. I want to give you some good news you may not be aware of, Sean. Okay. You ready? Steady yourself. We right. got uh, Amazon Alexa for Christmas. Actually, D got it for me. And Ooh. when you ask it, who is Sean Whalen? It gives us a rundown of who you are. Did you know that? Wow, that is cool. See, now you get to feel Boy, important because Alexa so, is who so you me are. Date, so me dating that robot for a long time finally paid off. <laughs> finally yes. paid off real-world divots. Yeah. dividends. I tried, I tried to make sure that the breakup was smooth and easy so there she wouldn't you be, you know, never yeah, bad she's not sure at all. So that's, that's good. That's great. Yeah. All right. Let's never get burn a bridge. Right. Never burn a bridge. Wise advice. <laughs> Um, last night I rented Twister, hadn't seen it in a while. Actually, I thought we had it on VHS and I couldn't find it. Some of our VHSs are mysteriously disappearing. So I went ahead and rented it. And as I'm watching it, something ran through my head. I looked on the IMDb and I couldn't find this information. So now that I've got you here, I can ask you directly, what was yes. your character's job position? Like, did you have an actual job title? Well, we, yeah, when the, 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 we are truck was basically in charge of routes, you know, routes. So the, 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 that's why we had the maps and all that stuff is they'd always, I would drive and execute what my partner, Alan Ruck, would map out a path for us to go. Like they'd say, look, we need to get over here, and Alan would have the map, and we would – you know, as a team, say, this is where we think it should go. You know, he would say it, and then I would drive it. You know, I was kind of like his right-hand man. So your as, job as now the, in that let's just, same let's movie. Say we, just, we were the navigators. Yeah, you were the GPS. Yes, we were yeah. the Before GPS. Before GPS was cool. There you go. Yep. That's yep. cool. 
Um, so who was fun. in charge? You or Alan? Whose character? Oh, um... Alan for sure. Yeah, Alan for sure. All right, and, I'm glad we like cleared our that up. We were a team. I mean, of course, we were a team, but I mean, he was the guy holding all the maps and making all the calls because I had to drive the truck. Makes sense. Well, it's funny, you know, I saw, I was watching it, and the first thing I noticed is they whipped out that Dorothy device, and I had a picture of Dorothy, and you flashed into my head, Dorothy 50 years later, and yes. I was like, man, how do we take Dorothy 50 years later and combine <laughs> it with t- a Twister 2 sequel, and that would be just go. gold. How do we do that? Uh, I would think uh, uh, Dorothy would um, take the, Dor- the Dorothy 2, take it in a truck and put it in its path, but then strap herself to the Dorothy too. So in hopes that when she'd say, you know, it'd be pulled up, she'd want obviously some um, information to be given to somebody like the Dorothy too did, but hopefully when it stopped, it would bring her back to Oz where she was truly happy. See, I think we are spinning gold here. Yeah. Oh, of course. We're working All this I up. know is, uh, I know if I see that movie, my lawyers will come after you with a ferociousness <laughs> you've never seen. That's okay. I could take being sued by you, Sean. Well, I think and, really okay. and we've been Damn watching it. Emerald City, which is amazing. So, like, yeah. I, I think we're, I think we're good. We've got all kinds of Dorothy. It's everywhere right now. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. Well, oh, the book right. is uh, public domain now. Oh, really? The book, not the movie. Not the movie, the book. I did not know that. That's amazing. Yeah. Little tidbit. Hey, so talking about Twister, let's talk about the Twister reunion. And I'm hoping you'll be able to make it to Fanboy this year. I've been having all of our crew here write them diligently and trying to get you on the schedule there because I want to see you back at Fanboy. Uh, I want to get back there, too. I love love David, and uh, uh, I had such a good time there, so... Uh, yeah, I would love to get back there with me or Alan and as much of the crew as possible. So, so who's on board with this Twister reunion and what's going on? Uh, right now, what's it's the game Alan. Ru- it's basically people from the Good Guy team, which is Alan Ruck, the guy who played Preacher, the girl, the girl scientist um, with the you know Gilligan's hat, Wendell right. Josepher, um, and uh, yeah, me and Alan, and then. Abe and Ruby, who was the you know the real big guy from the bad guy team. Wow, yeah. um, so funny good. story. So like I, us. I saw you out there in Fanboy Me and D. We went out there. I think it was like 2012, 2013. Yeah, and I yeah. wanted to stop by your booth. You had like the lost stuff up, and I was like, man, I got to stop by. And this is before I. I think it might be before I even started podcasting. It was so long ago, yeah. and okay. I. I was there with my daughter, who was about seven at the time, and I was like, hey, we got to go see Sean Whalen. This is awesome. And she's like, no, Daddy, I want to go see Screech. I want to go see Screech. And let me tell you, dude, I've never – I have had nothing but positive interactions with pretty much everybody I've ever met, the actors, right. comedians. But Dustin Diamond ripped me off for $15 and was kind of an oh. ass to us. I, uh, I, it was a bad I'm experience. Not the nicest – he hasn't gotten the nicest reviews from the people that I've uh... – heard from but uh you know i don't like to talk badly about uh, my fellow actors but you know it's it's very it's been a long you know you do these things and sometimes they catch up to you and it was you know me my new girlfriend um uh had me really realize that 
when you're there, you just forget that you, yes, it's a weird job. It's just a weird job to us. Yeah, definitely. You get, most people get to go nine to five. They know when their paychecks on. We have to go to, to two or three job interviews a week, and we're lucky if we book one a month. Meaning auditions um, as a job. Meaning auditions, right. Meaning auditions. And then we go on the set, and there's all these really cool people, and you go, God, I'd love to do this every day. And then they go, okay, you're done. You can go home. Or even if you have a series, and they say, oh, you get to do this for a while, but after a few years, you don't get to do it. But at the end of the day, you forget that, you know, it's weird when you think, oh, people know me. But that's not what it is. And I just listened to the Springsteen biography. It's like it's a dialogue between you and your fans because I've been in your living room. I didn't know I was in your living room. And in your living room or in that movie theater were seminal events in your life. Maybe like a guy came up and said, speaking of Twister, that his mom passed away recently, but every year at Thanksgiving they would watch Twister. Wow. So that movie meant something more than it's just a film. It's a time that it's something that he and his mom would share every year at Thanksgiving. And you forget that that's meaningful. So I've really, really realize in the last few years how important fans really are you know we we do do something i mean i'm not saying i'm the pope or i cure cancer or anything like that but i I realize that these movies mean something to people so so to diss your fans like that like saved by the bell was probably some kids you know it's Saturday morning. Yeah, you know, that was, that was and a Saturday, Saturday morning, morning is a sacred time in your life. Wow. I remember, I remember when I was a kid, in late August, early September, they would have the Friday night preview of the new Saturday morning show. Oh yeah, oh, and man. in the comic books too. You open up the middle of the comic book. It's like here's the new Saturday cartoons coming. Yeah, and it was so exciting. Yeah, it wasn't like now where, like, if I want to watch a show, I just look it up and I can watch it, like, anytime. Like, right. I have, like, a few different series that I watch aside from Nick. Like, we we don't watch everything the same. Um, and I'll just be like, oh, yeah, I, I forgot. I'm, like, three episodes behind on that. I got to catch up. And it's not a big deal. Right. But when we were kids, not a big Saturday deal. morning was it. You waited oh, all Oh, yeah. Come, week come Monday that. morning, like, if you didn't see uh, The Love Boat, then you're lame. You know right. what I mean? Like it was Friday, Saturday night was a love boat fantasy island, and if you came in on yes. Monday and you didn't see it, you were super late. So I think that's what's sad is he doesn't. I, maybe he doesn't realize what it means when you have someone who goes, "Dude, you shared my Saturday mornings with me," and in his eyes, he's like, "I didn't show share my Saturday morning. You just want But we, but it feels like that to people. And yeah. Because we were in your living room, hanging out. I with couldn't you, agree you know? more. And she was a little bit disappointed. And I don't want to make this show about Dustin Diamond, but I just thought no, it was a no, funny no, no. side I, note because I, I, I wanted to see it. you, and I got sucked yeah. into this Dustin Diamond thing, and he rushed us right. through and gave me an autographed picture, and I didn't want one. And he kind of did this weird double speak thing, and I gave him money, and he didn't give me the right change. He's like, "Well, you got the autograph." I was like, "I don't want it," and he just kind of pushed me out of the line and went Dude, to the next guy, and I was like, a "Right." Hamburger for lunch? Who knows? But on the other yeah, on the flip no, side that's, of that, that's the, yeah. We but I mean, did, I think um, that's what's what's and and ever since I've adopted that attitude, it's things have really like changed for me and turn and and makes me feel better and and I, not that I was ever negative to fans, I just don't think I knew how much it meant to fans, and you know that 
when people come up to you and you're, you're like, wow, I'm just a guy. I'm just doing a job. I'm just doing this weird job, but it's not a normal job. So, again, I'm not trying to say I'm some fancy fancy person, but if you discount that, you know, shows and, and moments in people's lives where you were a part of, you know, I mean, I was devastated when Bowie died. I'd never met the man. Yeah, but he oh, was yes. the he was the he was the soundtrack to my teen and college years and beyond. You know, yeah. so I, I turned to I, I turned to my daughter and I said, "Who do you need to see?" And she goes, "What do you mean?" I go, "Who do you need to see? Do you need to see Paul the Stones? Do you need to see Paul McCartney?" I go, "You need to see who you need to see mm-hmm. now." And she said, "Look, I really want to see Stevie Nicks and Fleetwood Mac." And she wants to see Billy Joel. And I was like, all right, we'll go. We'll go to see Billy Joel. Just so you can say, I was, I, at least I saw him before he passed away. Right. You know? And, and you don't and realize I, how important that is when you're in it. I remember I saw Sublime yeah. at Capitol Ballroom two months before Brad Knoll died. And nobody even really knew who yeah. they were. And I, uh, 20 years later, I'm still carrying that experience with me. Yeah, I saw, I saw, I've seen Springsteen a ton. I saw Prince a ton. So I don't feel like I didn't. I never saw the Eagles, though, and I was kind of bummed because, yeah. you know, when they recited and they came back with, like, the super-duper expensive tickets, I was like, I'd like to see you guys, but I am not – I can't pay that much. But I'm, now I'm bummed because, you know, Glenn Fry's gone, you know? It so, is unsettling, and it does make you feel your mortality a little bit more than before it is. I, I, I started it, I checking out. Is, but I but I think that's what makes – you know, I, look, what I adopted with my kids is, look, then we're going to have as much fun as possible. And whatever's not fun, it's not worth it. You know? Yeah, amazing. Make your job fun. Make your work fun. Have a good time. That's why I do my caption contests and, you know, on my Facebook. And that's always a blast. Um, uh, and I try to have fun with my fans whenever I go to a convention. I do karaoke. I do I dance with the fans, you know. Um, I'm always out on the dance floor with everybody and having a good time because, you know, today's day and age, you have to do cons and have social media presence, right? You have to connect. I mean, it's it's a choice. It's a choice. Um, there's some stars are big enough and in demand enough that don't do it. Um, but I've seen, well, let's put it this way. It's not a must, but I as a person and more in line with the people who do do it. And I've learned from them. I'm one of my best friends is Felissa Rose, uh, who is an outgoing, wonderful, you know, people love her on the circuit because she's just so much fun. And, um, Bill Mosley's really great at social media. And, um, I think I, you don't have to, but to me, it's all fun. And, and, figuring out your fan base what they like what you what you want to say what your voice is what's your message to to if i can help someone have a laugh or have some fun or take their mind off the work or their problems for just a moment then then i've won then i've done something worth it it's a dialogue with the people who it's a blessing to me now i get to find out who actually watched this stuff and dug it and liked it and, you know, now I'm, I'm just about to write my – or uh, do an Indiegogo for my new uh, movie. Crust, that I wrote, yeah. Yeah, Crust, yeah, the horror comedy. But I, I – my job, I said, you know what? I'm going to write the best 
script possible. So I got great people involved. Um, Richard Spade from Supernatural, um, uh, Scout Taylor Compton as the female lead. Um, uh, Eric Warren, who does all the uh, special effects for Teen Wolf, is on board to do the special effects for my movie, just based on the script. But now I get to have a conversation, a dialogue with the fans to go, hey, you can be part of this. And, you know, when it comes, you can, to, you know, put in money in the Indiegogo or not, or just support it when it comes out. But just to be able to have that dialogue and feel that support as you go through the process of making movies, that's so much nicer than being isolated, make the movie, and then you have no idea, you know, no idea if anyone's interested in it or, you know. I like the idea that as we create it and as we're going to shoot it and as we're getting ready to put it out, you have these people that are saying, hey, this is awesome. This is this is great. We're excited to be a part of it. And so that way I can give entertainment to them and they can give support to me just by saying, cool, I can't wait till the movie comes out or, you know, anything. It's, it's really a great, great way to test the waters. And I saw an interview, yeah. and I'm hoping I'm remembering this correctly. Is Rebecca Kennedy going to be in Crust? Rebecca Kennedy is going to be in Crust. As I well. love yeah. Rebecca Kennedy. She is such a yeah. positive person. And actually, we had her Wonderful. on the show a few months ago, and I've just learned so much about like the way that she tackles things and her attitude. I can't say enough nice things about her. Oh, yeah. We met because I coached her. I was her acting coach for several roles, and then we got involved in a few projects together and, and then I just adored her. Um, and it was actually between her and Scout Taylor Compton for the lead role, but they were the money people said, you know, the people in charge. Cause I was like, look, I love them both. I can't do this. Right. <laughs> I'm not the director and I'm not the director. So director of the money people and they, so, but I said, but then Rebecca has to be in it in some way, shape or form. So she is. So, well, another I, movie you guys were in together her. was Street Level, and I just yes. wanted to throw this out there: your yeah. character, your performance in Street Level was so fucking unsettling. You were so calm. <laughs> you had a insane calm about you, and it didn't yeah. like I didn't even know where your character fit into the whole dynamic of the movie. But I, yeah. it was like hypnotic how calm you were just having that meal. And it was just so like, I'm a serial yeah. killer. And it was so matter of fact. I just wanted to give you some props. That was an amazing Thank performance. you. I worked really hard on that role. I had uh, my, my one of my best friends, Rick Rogers, who was uh, on Oz, one of the stars of Oz, who was uh, J.K. Simmons' right-hand man in Oz on The White Supremacist, Rick Rogers, uh, who's a fantastic director in his own right. Um, he coached me on it, and he's known me for years, and he just hammered me. He said, don't do anything. I don't want your eye rolls. I don't want your eye gestures. I don't want anything. Um, How so, difficult was that to hold back? Well, we would do it on Skype, and I would, and he'd say, ah, I can see you. You're, you're doing your little smirk, or you're doing your little – and I, and I just I just did it over and over again until I really just got on the skin, and then – Barry Dell Sherman, who we didn't get to rehearse with before, she's so good. He's the he's the other serial killer. He's just a phenomenal actor, phenomenal. So I wish, look, between you and I, I wish they just pulled our scenes from the movie and made a short of it, you know, 
just because it's enough. I think it's just that side story, the cool little short film. Yeah, you had a cold indifference that I was like, holy shit, Sean Whalen is like really up in his game right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did. And and the idea was just, you know, pull a Matt McConaughey and go, I want to show people that I have a lot more than they think I have. Um, but another movie that I'm proud of my performance in and that's out right now is The Axe Murders of Velisca, which yes. is uh, very excited about. I've seen it a couple times. I, I love it. I think it's a great movie. My only issue with the film is, once again, these uh, the production company wanted to – I'm sorry, the distribution company wanted to call it The Axe Murders of Velisca. Tony Valenzuela from Black Spots TV – who directed the film, uh, it wasn't about the Axe Hunters of Velisca. He went and spent the night there okay. like five years ago and had a horrendous – he said he feels like there was so much evil, and he, he couldn't speak of it for a couple of years. Someone said you should write about it, and he did. And it's about him and his friend staying the night in the Velisca haunted house. And so that's really what the movie's about, and it has – Yes, it has flashbacks of the murders and stuff and things like that, but it's not about solely the action. It's about the haunting of that house and the the spirits that are there. And it's a, it's like somebody in a good way said it's like those good '90s teen movies like Final Destination or yes. or a, it's like a John Hughes movie meets a horror movie, and it's great. I mean, it's. It's a good, solid teen story movie within a uh, within a uh, scary movie, and I highly, highly recommend it. But just don't, you know, the the reviews that are coming out now obviously are going. This isn't about the axe murders. I was like, ah, why did you have to change the name? Because that's not what he. What was the previous name? You know, he just called it Velisca. Huh. Which is that's not as specific. It's about his experience while he was there. So. Uh, well, you said something really interesting there. You said you went back and watched it a couple times. When you're watching uh, a movie that you're in, can you enjoy it like a normal fan? Or are you your biggest critic and you're, like, running it through all uh, these No, because I watch it, well, you know, because there's different reasons you watch a movie again. Um, I watched Do the Right Thing three times in the last six weeks or something. Wanted to show my kids and things like that. But I watched Ballistic again because my girlfriend hadn't seen it. And so it was neat to see that, but... It was neat to watch the film. Now, I'm, I knew I did a good job because I worked hard at it, but I really wanted to watch the movie, you know, in a theater because the first time I saw it, I, I didn't. So, so you can get a fan was, experience out of something you've been Yeah. I, I mean, you know, we don't sit there. Look, you, you only see a bad movie when, look, we all have our departments, makeup, hair, um, acting, acting, filming, whatever. Um, I saw the movie Moonlight recently. Phenom- it's a phenomenal picture. One of my favorites. And Fences is great. And I like know why all these are nominated. The acting's superb. The directing is great. And the only time you don't, if you do have trouble with the movie, is when one of these elements is grossly mishandled. Like, Clerks to me, everyone. Oh, I love Clerk, and I go. The acting is horrendous, so I can't get past the acting, you know. But 
yes to clever writing and yes to you know the, the you know run and gun whatever, but the acting's so bad I can't get past it. Wow. So for me, that's you know that's on me. So so to me, when there's something that's like if I see a movie with really bad makeup, that takes me out of it. You know what I mean? Because then I then I start to think, oh, they didn't really they must have had a bad makeup person or do you know what I mean? Yeah, Only I when mean, an element. Well, it's like has if you go to a restaurant and you get carefully. this beautiful meal, but it's too salty. You can't focus yes. on anything else. It's just too salty. Right. That's it's a good like, point. Right. Yeah. 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 I remember. Look, I remember going to my my one of my good friends went to um, uh, Michigan on a full ride for gymnastics, nice. and I met up with her. She came to UCLA, and we saw we saw a gymnastics meet together. And I'm sitting there with her. I go, wow, that girl's really good. And she goes, no, she's not. And I said, yeah, she she looked great. She goes, I know, she, but she didn't do this, da, 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 da. She was curled up on this. She saw things that we can't see. But she only saw it because she wasn't doing things right, if that makes sense. So if there's a movie that's done well, to me, I can completely enjoy it. And not done well that it has to be perfect, but not that one element is glaringly out of, you know, believe me, my girlfriend and I have gotten many fights about clerks, but because <laughs> uh-huh. people love people love that movie and they get it, but I was like, they cannot act. It's so bad that I can't watch it. Um, but I think if there's elements in a movie where you go, you guys have been, even the new movies where they're like, oh, they rush us out. So this computer graphics looks terrible. You know, all of a sudden you go, ugh. You know, oh shoot! You took me out of my joyride. Like I'm, because when I go to a movie, I I love movies. Yeah, I'm same a fan here. Of movies. So I don't walk. In, I used to. I used to be more critical, and I finally kind of relax and go, oh, that's just fun. That's just for fun. Yeah, Dee's always telling me like, don't ruin it for me, because I'll point out like, look at this plot hole, this plot hole, this plot yeah, hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like way right. too critical. And I'm like, shut up, because yeah. I'm. I'm the opposite. I'm yes. the ultimate moviegoer. Like, I'm the perfect audience member because if a movie is good, you can talk yeah. to me and I won't hear you. It's just like when I'm reading yeah. a good book. I don't exist in this world right. anymore. I'm there. Yeah, so. you're a lot better yeah. at suspending disbelief than I am. Being. But oh, no, yeah. no, no. But it's also an unconditional objectivity, an unconditional love of the movie genre that you're more forgiving of elements to guard. You know, yeah. to me, since it's my job. And I go, you know, there's a couple movies, uh, a movie I did like five years ago, I don't want to mention it, but it was hard for me to promote because I loved the scene they wrote, I loved everything about it, but the makeup on me was so bad, so bad, that I thought, and so I didn't really, it was hard for me to promote it because I I didn't like the way I looked, and it kind of ruined the experience. So I was like, shoot, I wanted to use that on my reel and everything. But because it, you know, and that's kind of something you go, oh, well, I can't do anything about that. That wasn't my job on the day, you know? And, you know, even if I said, hey, is this a little much? I mean, I don't know. You still don't know until you see it. Yeah. And I didn't get to see it. If there was dailies every day and I saw it, I would have said, dude, we have to redo my makeup or shoot this again. This looks terrible. But on independence, you usually don't have that luxury, you know? Do you feel like you're pretty objective, though, about your own work? Like, if your girlfriend watched something you're in and was like, ah, this wasn't a stellar performance, 
Do you, yeah. is that something that would just I mean, knock I, I the think wind I out of you? Know, I think I would know why, you know? I think I would know why if, if that did happen. But I, for the most part, I never used to be able to watch myself in drama. I trusted myself in comedy. But now I trust myself in drama now, too, because just as you get older, I mean, my acting teacher said it takes 20 years to become a good actor. And when you're 20, you're like, screw you, I'm good now, you know. Right. But he said it's 20 years of the technique and 20 years of, of life. And I've been through you know, having kids, a divorce, uh, moving, you know, a bunch of different things, you know, debt, riches, you know what I mean? Like, I've been through so much that you go, okay, I you get have it, that you know, now. so you have enough life to yeah. say, okay, I get it. There's no script I look at and go, God, I'm so confused, you know, right. you go, I, I get what this, I know what they're trying to say, I know what genre they're trying to say it in, and I get the tone. And then you walk, you know, and you walk in and go, okay, I understand this world. And then if you are unsure, you're going to know as soon as you walk on that set. And go, okay, I see the way they're doing the sets. I see the way they're doing the makeup. You know, if I walk into a Tim Burton film, it's going to be a lot different than walking into a Clint Eastwood film. Yeah, definitely. You know, and I go, oh, I get it. <laughs> this is different. So. Well, let me shift gears here because we've only got sure. a few minutes left. And let me kind of okay. nerd out here. Love you in Superstore, but really, really dig your character, Lion McPoyle, in one of my favorite TV shows. We talked about this a little bit last time, Sonny and Philly. Yeah. Superstore, Sonny and Philly. Are you coming back to either this season? Well, Superstore has held me like four different times and then released me before we were about to shoot. So that means they held me because I was in that draft of the script. Okay. And then right as they got closer, they rewrote it, and I wasn't in it. So the answer right now to Superstore is no. They're kind of done with me because they've only got a few months left, and they haven't put me on hold. They put me on hold like four or five times at the beginning of the year, and then I would be highly shocked if I was coming back. Um, but I did hear through the grapevine that um, they said, well, we're not, not going to do anything this year, but maybe the year after. But we're doing stuff with my clothes the year after. And I was like, that's weird. Why would they say that? Like, that's just so strange. And then I saw Westworld. <laughs> and I went, oh, okay. Because yeah, I don't know if you watch Westworld. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So definitely. Oldest McPoyle brother was in the whole thing. So that's why he wasn't involved. They didn't do anything with the McPoyles um, this season. But supposedly, yes, I'm coming back. Uh, I cannot lot. wait to see that. Like I said, I'm a huge. I sweat Sunny and Philly so hard. I'm a huge Sunny and Philly. I think Charlie Day too is just amazing and everything oh, yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. I I love the experience and you know it was fun. So uh, hopefully I will uh, be coming back. But like in this town, you just don't know. There's so many factors that can come into having you come back or not come back that it have nothing to do with you. They right. Go, hey, let's do a McCoy thing, but we wanted to do it with just a sister. We just want to do it with this, or we just want to, you know, you never know. And it's not against you. It's just, oh, well. Yeah, I mean, I know. imagine you really have to get a thick skin and kind of separate yourself from the process and oh, yeah. look at it as it's not me. They just had a different vision, and I just didn't yeah. fit into that little scope. Well, I, yeah, I knew what was happening. I, you know. I'm not going to go into it, but I know what happened with Superstore as a creative person and then as a business person. I go, okay, I get both sides of that. And, you know, 
is, and the short answer is, I don't think they knew what to do with their character like mine, because they started to make him really weird, really creepy, really dark. And if you're doing, and if you're doing a, if you're doing a lighthearted comedy, that doesn't fit. You know, they they wanted to push the boundaries of my character, and I honestly believe they pushed it too far. You know, but that's and I said that when I was on the set, I go, this is never going to make it on TV. It's kind of pushing it too far. But as soon as it did, I think they were kind of. And and I have nothing to base this on. This is all just a guess, you know. But that's but, amazing. People are listening to this now, and they're like, "Man, I never even thought of it in those terms." And that's why we have these conversations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it's our job. And so I go, okay. I just, you know, what it does? It makes me leave there and go. I have to do my movie. <laughs> I have to do my movie the way I want to do it. Well, what can you tell us about Crust? Can you release any information? Crust is a story of uh, a very lonely, depressed guy who runs a laundromat. He used to be a child actor in the ilk of Full House, um, who it's called The Baker's Dozen. It was about 13 kids, and all 11 of them have either died or in rehab or (laughs) – Yeah, died or in jail or in rehab, and my character uh, runs this laundromat and very sad and depressed into himself, has a girlfriend who dumps him, who plays played by Felissa Rose, and then he collects all the socks from the dryer that are left behind, kind of a metaphor for Aww. the way he feels, left behind, and he puts them in a pile in his room, and he... Uh, use them to wipe his nose, to wipe his sweat, to uh, uh, wipe his blood when he cuts himself, and uh, jerks off into them occasionally. (laughs) And then, sadly, uh, one day he gets discovered by these kids trying to get famous on YouTube because they found this child actor and they're really mean to him, and he cries on the pile of socks, and the tears uh, bring the socks pile to life and that's what crust is crust is sock the uh sock pile who is the uh who he doesn't know that this happened but it starts to avenge him and so it's a cross between little shop of horrors and willard that's pretty bizarre how do you get there did it start off that way in your head or what sparked even an idea no i literally was sitting at a thing i go god you can shoot something cheap i remember three years ago i just said you can shoot something cheap what if it was like a guy um a guy that's alone in a laundromat and you know he has a bunch of old socks and you know he jerks off and then he turned into a big monster you know and i just was like (laughs) I said it like that, but then that idea never left me. And then I was doing this movie, uh, Ugly Sweater Sweater Party. Yeah. And I met this director, and I met the people, Aaron Mento and Charles Chutabala and Melissa Rose involved with these people. And I was like, wow, um, these guys should do crust with me. And I had gone through a tough couple of years after this divorce, and I had a lot to say, and it just poured out of me in like three weeks. Uh, with my partner, Jim Wald, who co-wrote it with me, who's a friend of mine, who's, I picked him to write it with me because he is someone who doesn't, it's very critical of film. And I was like, okay, this is a fantastic movie anyway, but he's going to keep me in check to make sure everything fits and works. And 
so I worked on making the best script possible, and that's how we got, you know, Scout and Rebecca fighting for a role in the movie, you know? So that's that's, that's a good thing to have. Well, I you didn't know. see an IMDb for it. Do you not have a release date or a post-production date or uh, anything? No, no, no. Else? We're doing it because we're getting ready to do our Indiegogo uh, soon. So uh, we're going to do an Indiegogo, and then we have companies that production companies who just want to see how that goes and how interested the fans truly are and then match it and then gotcha. uh, so. all right let me finish up with this because we got to get out of here but i did want to yep. touch on one of my favorite things you do on your facebook once again interactive with the fans and this is plain friends is there anything that yeah. doesn't make it i'm looking through these and i'm like man does he ever run across like a complete psycho or somebody's like dude why are you even bothering yeah, me I, 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 don't, I met this i met this one very nice woman who uh, was, I think she was German, and she was in the country, and we talked in a really nice time, and her husband was not sitting with her anywhere near her, like he was way up front. At the very end, I just said, hey, sometimes I take a picture, and she was like, no, thank you. Like, she was not interested. Uh, you know, we, she became a plain friend, but I couldn't post her picture, you know? Right. And there are some times that I get on the plane, if it's a early morning flight after I've been partying at a convention and I'm just like, oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> and I just go to sleep. I actually took a pillow, picture of my pillow one time and I forgot to post it and I was going to go, this is my plain friend. Soft, comfy, <laughs> and uh, really good for a, a hangover sleep nap. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but most people, I rarely get shut down. Rarely. Like, Does the opposite ever happen? Do you have people who are like, because you're so outgoing and interactive, do you get letters like, Sean, we were playing friends. Do you want to go play hockey with me next weekend? Oh, like, no, yeah. nothing like nothing like that. No, there was one of these kids that were flying out here for their spring break, and I was like, I'm buying you a round of drinks. And I go, are you guys going to have a cocktail? They're like, no, we can't kind of afford it. We're saving them. I go, uh, stop. I'm buying this round. I go, you can't be flying to spring break without a cocktail. Right. But, you know? I, I'm sorry. I go. You're flying to Los Angeles, and you're in the you know the new movie from movies. I go, and you're you know sitting with an actor. I'm buying you around. It just has to happen. And we got together later in the week for breakfast. Wow, that was super cool. Yeah, that was really fun because I you know but I gave I, I the rest of the flight was okay. Here's how you see all the things you need to see in LA and, and avoid the stuff that's not worth it. You know. And you don't have so. worries they're going to, like, show up to lunch dressed like Roach and be just, like, single white female yeah. on you, like, garage. we're no, going to be the only, the only thing is, like, I usually like to talk to food. We talk for, like, an hour or so, and then I like to watch a movie. But some, sometimes I bite myself in the butt, and, like, we're talking for an hour, hour and a half, and then they don't want to stop talking at all. Um, then I go, well, but even then, I just go, all right, I'll watch my movie another day. You know. That's uh, incredible. But, I, but, I, but it's weird. I. And the, and the key is, it's the stick of gum. It's the stick of gum. Meaning? You go, hey, how you doing? I always say, are you heading home? And they say yes or no. And then as soon as I say, do, do you most want people know who you are right off the bat? Or do you have no. to? So is it no, awkward to be like, I'm Sean Whalen? Or... No, no. I never. It's not about me. It's me, me meeting them. Right. Because I've always met the most fascinating people on planes. And it's not because they recognize me. They rarely do. Most people huh. that I've sat with do not know me from anything. So it's not about that. It's about trying to, you know, I've had the most amazing conversations and just jobs you don't think of ever. 
There's a guy who's like, yeah, I'm in charge of water in Los Angeles. I mean, water in California. And I do deals with meat companies for water and all this stuff. And I was like, and he turned to me and he goes, you know, Chinatown and the water and how it's going to turn into oil. And I go, yeah. And he goes, that's true. That's going to happen. Oh, man. People are going to be fighting for water. And and there's going to be, you know, ma- mafia is going to start brokering water because that's what it's going to happen. And I was like, oh, my God. He goes, it's already happening. There's like we've already had places in California where it's like a rich neighborhood and a poor neighborhood and the rich neighborhood pale as the water company. So they get more water. Yeah, better, I, I've seen the stuff about that, too. It's and better insane. water. So I was like, oh, my God. I mean, but that's fascinating. And that wouldn't have happened if I didn't turn to somebody and say, hey, you know. And I imagine that rounds you out as an actor, too, because you have all these stories to pull from. Not not even directly, just vibe-wise. But most of the talking isn't about me at all. And if it is about me, it's about my common experience with them, either as a father as a husband, as a divorced guy, as a, you know, new relationship, as a, you know, it's never about, you know, working with Clint Eastwood or, you know what I mean? Things like, it's not about that. So really cool. I just find it interesting to, yeah. to get to know people. And everybody's trying to figure out a way for me to make it a regular thing. I my best idea. Yeah, I saw somebody was like, "Yeah, you should do this like driving in cars. Like you should either, just either or, or like Southwest. I, you know, if I said, look, I do this thing. I've done it. You know, give me a GoPro, give me whatever. I sit next to someone, and I and we meet your customers. You know, we get to know who your customers are. Yeah, this needs to happen. Yeah, and, and really, and I mean, it could be a little web show. Well, Southwest web show might for actually Southwest. do it because. Um, the nonprofit that I work for, that was one of the first companies that I reached out to for a donation. And they were like, yeah, here's four plane tickets. Like, no problem. It was like yeah. two days. I was like, yeah. wow, that's a really cool company. That's a good idea. Well, no, I, I mean, like I said, there's tons of people who wanted me to either write a book or a blog or a video page, you know. And it's just hard because when you're talking, you know, you'd have to have one of those rigged seats like taxi cab confessions. You know what I mean? Yeah, it would have to be rigged so you don't know that you're sitting there on a show. If I'm sitting yeah. there with a big GoPro helmet, you're going to be a little <laughs> I just had that vision in my head of you saying, like, hi, welcome. Like, what the fuck is going yeah, I'm just trying to get to Albuquerque, dude. Yeah. 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 I can imagine. Exactly. All right, we have got to get out of here. We're running like 10, All right, well, minutes thank over. you. I'm sorry I talked too much. I'm, it's my, I'm, I am Irish. No, no, you don't talk um, too much, but we do need to know where everybody can find you and what you've got coming up immediately. Yes, right now, please look for Velisca. I know it's on uh, the Ash Murders of Velisca. And how do you spell Amazon that? Prime. V is in Victor, I-L-L-I-S-C-A. Um, you can always Facebook friend me at Sean M as in Michael Whalen, Sean M. Whalen. There's a picture of me with a striped T-shirt on it and a sunset. Sean M. Whalen, you can friend me there. Um, I do my caption contest where you win an autographed picture every couple of weeks. Yep, love those. Um, and all that stuff about crust is going to be on there. I always have fun like trivia quizzes and votes what your favorite movie is for a certain actor, and it's uh, you know it's fun and um, an announcements of what I'm doing. And yeah, Velisca and Street Level. Street Level's on iTunes. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I got to so, tell you, too, like after watching Twister last night, because we're going to end this show with Rocky like a hurricane from Scorpions, it made me think yeah. of this. It is amazing how Twister has held up over 20 years. Yes, I mean, it could have been yeah. made yesterday. And also that I know Into the Storm tried to kind of break that barrier, but Twister yeah. is still the ifto facto, like yeah, natural right. disaster tornado movie. Nothing has been able yeah. to conquer that. No, I saw the Into the Storm, and I was like, no, that didn't work. Yeah, it was generic compared to Twister. What do you think made Twister, like, what do you think is making it have it stay in power? Because it's really, like I said. I mean, it was, the timing was, the timing was crazy. It was, Speed had just been huge, so Yonda Bont was directing. Um, ILM, the guys from Industrial Light and Magic, towards Lucas's company, had just perfected the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. Yeah, and they said we want to do tornadoes, and they said, and we were like, ah, oh, but aren't tornado tornadoes harder? I mean, sorry, tornadoes are way easier than dinosaurs, and they go absolutely the exact opposite is true because they're so nuanced and full of debris and different layers, whereas you know dinosaur skin was all about like making the skin, but then just figuring out how to make it move, but tornadoes are so varied and thick and thin depending. So, yeah. That was that that timing, and then of course you know Gilbert's name behind it. It was perfect. It was perfect. All right, we got to get out of here. Let's have some Rocky like a hurricane, and we will be back next Rocky Sunday. Rocky like a hurricane. Sorry about the time change. I was ready to do this at two p.m. your my time. So uh, oh, that's okay. Out. Totally a delight as always. All right, Sean, you take care, and we will be talking soon. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, Kettle of Fish. Good night, guys. Hit it, D.